0: We are back for the 26th interview episode of Home at Advantage. Today, we are joined once again by Yanni Diakamahalas. This was a very special episode. Um, I like these episodes because we don't really go um, through the chronological career of the competitor or the coach that we interview. Um, In this case, we interviewed Yanni, and since it was the second time we had him on, um we had already covered his career and so i got to talk about a lot of things on this show and i got to hear a lot of um yanni's insight on a a lot of different things and um we kind of went through a couple topics one was his little brother greg just won his fifth state title uh high school in new york and so uh we talked a little bit about that and then greg coming to cornell um he's competing in the pan am championships coming up here soon and so we talked about that and his um, goals as an Olympic competitor, as well as talking about his future outside of his um, competition career. Um, so he's, he plans to coach when he's older. And you can hear a lot more about that in the interview. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. If you want to support the podcast, um, there are a couple ways to do so. We're selling uh, HMA shirts. Uh, please DM Jude or me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can, and um, we'll see if you can get, get you a shirt. That's the easiest way to support us. Uh, also, please subscribe to us wherever you're listening, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Just tune in there, and um, yeah, we're, we're putting up content all the time on our website, wrestling.com. so please tune in. All right, and that is enough said. Let's roll the interview with Yanni. All right, here we are, HMA, HMA. with Yanni Diakamahalas. Yanni, how's it going?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to jump on with this interview. And I know we we've, we've, we've done it before. I think you were our fifth interview. Um, now I think it's the 26th. So um, glad we got to get to get you back on. And uh, I'm I'm excited for the conversation.
1: Yeah, man. You're doing great with this. So it's it's
0: exciting to be on here. Thank you. All right. Well, um, how how's how's it been going with you? Um, were you in were you in Albany this last weekend?
1: Yeah. So you know, I've been training and stuff, and then this past Saturday night, I was at my brother's state tournament. He just won his fifth state title, so I'm I'm really happy for him. Really excited, and uh, you know, I'm glad I got to be there to watch him. You know, win in the finals.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was his that was his fifth state title, right? So he won in eighth grade.
1: Yeah. So in eighth grade. He's actually only have, he only has two high school losses in his career, so he won, he lost twice in eighth grade, and then ended up winning a state title that year, and then he won out, and, you know, won all five, so really happy for him.
0: That That's pretty cool, and he, and he's coming to Cornell, Yep. Uh, looking to be a 25-pounder?
1: Yeah, he's probably going to be a lifer, he's not very big, he doesn't really cut a ton of weight, so, yeah, you know, coaches are... I think they kind of see that as an upside because you know he's as good as he is without really a ton of strength behind him. So
0: right. I think once
1: he gets once once he gets on a good lifting program, starts you know training with other Division One guys, I think he's going to mm-hmm. really improve.
0: So he's he's coming up to Ithaca. How excited are you for that? Or have you been really separated from him? Like, how far do you guys live from Ithaca?
1: So I uh, my home where I grew up is about two right. hours from Ithaca. So okay. It's far enough. I mean, he doesn't visit a lot because he's in school, and you know, I go right. home when I can't. But, I mean, you, you get busy, so it's going yeah. be nice to have him here. You know, it'll be uh kind of like him having him back home again. So, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll bicker like brothers do, but it'll be fun. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited to, you know, help him through that first year and make sure he transitions well. And, you know, yeah. hopefully he has a great college career moving forward and I can be there for him.
0: Yeah, I know everybody's excited to watch him compete. Um do you think he's gonna redshirt? He he's a senior now, right?
1: Yeah, so he's probably gonna take a gap year. I know he's small; I don't want to worry about his size. And yeah. I think in general that gap year is really big for kids. You know, you it's got it's a big adjustment. You know, moving away from home, not having your parents. Right. And it helps you get some classes out of the way too, and I think that that's really important. You know, for guys kind of making that transition from high school to a, you know high level wrestling, but also you know high level university. Yeah.
0: So he's not looking to do a, a gray shirt or anything. He wants he wants to be in Ithaca with a red shirt so,
1: so he'll he'll be in Ithaca but so the way the way the gray shirt works is you'll go to a community college take some classes there that transfer into Cornell and mm-hmm. train the wrestling club and so that's what he'll do he'll be in Ithaca regular training but he won't be with the team he'll be with the club and uh then the following year he'll be a freshman which would be his second year out of high school
0: uh okay okay um all right, so when when he gets there, he's looking to be a twenty five. That'll be your senior year.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it'll be my last year of college wrestling. Is when he'll it'll be his okay. first year on
0: o- on the team. Gotcha. All right, so uh, he he won his fifth state title. What was that like watching him? Was was there a lot of emotion involved, or d- did he kind of just expect it?
1: You know, it was a little bit of both. I think he I think he expected it from himself, but I think you you know he had some nerves built up. I think there was a lot of pressure yeah. on him lot of it was one of those things that had kind of been talked about since he won in eighth grade it was like oh now you to win five and it it got thrown around a lot and uh you know I think people tried to put a lot of pressure on him and he did a good job he handled it well and you know you could just see when he won there's a lot of relief it was as much excitement as it was you know I think he he wanted to prove it to himself you know I mean that it wasn't gonna get that it wasn't gonna fold and
0: uh you know he did he did well it's pretty cool to watch such young kids win high school state titles. Like to be able to win as an eighth grader against um, guys all the way up to twelfth grade, eighteen year olds. That that's pretty crazy. And w- wasn't there a seventh grader that won in New York this weekend? Yes, yeah, so kid. He's ninety nine nine pounder. His
1: name's PJ Duke. He's, oh uh, yeah, he's, I know PJ. He's a state champ. He's really good. Yeah. I was watching wrestle. So he's really good. So yeah, I have sure. wrestled
0: on his team before. He he's good. Really skilled. Um. So I I guess. The next topic we can go into is like the growth of youth wrestling off of there. Like the fact that kids can win in seventh and eighth grade at, at the high school level is just insane. What what do what why do you think kids are able to do so well um so, so it, early?
1: Um, you know, back when, you know, my parents wrestled or your parents wrestled, it wasn't as much specialization. It was like you played football in the fall, you wrestled in the spring, you know, you ran track or you wrestled in the winter, you played track in the spring. Right. A- and, you know, I think as you know just kind of the nature of our culture or just the intensity of you know people wanting to continuously be better Mm -hmm. people start to specialize and I think then from specializing became you know people specialized at a young age it was like my kid was going to be born into wrestling you know and I think it's kind of what you're seeing now is kids you know I'm one of them who have wrestled since they was five right they knew whole life they were going to be wrestlers and you know because of that I think you're seeing them achieve at a young age because the hours that normally, you know, is the difference between a freshman and a senior maturity wise can be really quickly made up by someone who has been training their whole life and wrestling their whole life. And, you know, they have that feel, they have that muscle memory. And I think that that's a relatively new thing. You know, the last Mm -hmm. 20 years you see people doing that, you know what I mean? yeah. I think on the other side too, you know, kids are just doing everything younger. They're lifting younger, they mature younger. So I think, you know, a 12-year-old kid now is not the same as a 12-year-old kid back then. And I think, you know, in all aspects of their life, you know, with their wrestling, their, you know, their approach to wrestling and their mentality and their maturity, I think it's very different now than it used to be. And I think that's kind of why you see kids who, you know, sometimes you see kids who are really young and achieve really young and stay mm-hmm. good because they're, they've been driven their whole life. And, you know, sometimes I see kids burn out or, you know, right. maybe not.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's something I don't really – I don't really think about much and when I because I've been kind of born into this, I started wrestling when I was six and immediately I thought this is my life and I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing this um, and yeah. it's something I don't really think about is just specialization so early but um I mean it's pretty cool to to see that though is that something you want to you want to move into when you' after your wrestling career you want to coach you want to coach youth, college what, what are you looking to after your career?
1: yeah I mean I ideally would get into some college coaching, you know I think yeah. it's, uh, it's something I'd really enjoy it's something I think I could do well with and uh you know I think it's good I think college coaching' is good because you get someone for the four years, but you you build that relationship before they're there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then when you graduate, you know you get to see them kind of change from a you know a high school kid into a, into a grown man you see him turn into an adult yeah. and i think I think that college coaches play a really big part in the development of you know, college wrestlers just like as people in general, I think it's it's really cool. And uh, you know, it's it's great wrestling. You know, the college wrestling is besides, you know, international, it's the peak for a lot of kids and, you know, it's cool to see them kinda reach their final goal. You know, this is for ninety percent of the world it's the end of their wrestling career. So it's exciting to kinda see them and help them end their career on a high note.
0: Yeah, that is pretty cool and it's something that, um i like to look to as well like i think college wrestling is so cool to coach not only because you're coaching such a high level but also all of the other aspects to it like the recruiting process has got to be really fun just looking across the nation's best kids and looking at at who's gonna pan out has got to be really fun and just everything that comes with college coaching just looks looks so fun and i, I could definitely see you coaching it would you look at cornell is that where yeah. you want to do it
1: yeah, I mean, you know, they've they've done so much for me. It'd be great to help, you know, give back. Obviously, you know, you never know what the landscape of college wrestling is going to look like by the time I'm done, but
0: Right. You know,
1: yeah, I mean, I would love to help out at Cornell and, you know, give back, but I know I also I understand that you know, it's not just as simple as you graduate and get a job. So Yeah. Yeah, you, know, I mean, you know, you know, you know what you're looking into.
0: So want to move into a little bit of your career. You got the uh is it the Pan Am Championships coming up? yeah not um Olympic. yeah so that's that's coming up what What's your goal in competing there? Obviously it's not the uh the Olympic qualifier, so obviously if you're competing in the Olympic qualifier, your goal is to, is to qualify the weight for your country um so what what are your goals for competing at, at the Pan Am championships?
1: So I mean you know obviously I want to come home with a gold medal and right know, t- test myself one more time before the Olympic trials. You know, it's going to get me seeding points for the games if I qualify and the weight gets qualified. You know, if I qualify the weight, if I have to. And, um, you know, there's going to be a really great cube in there. Signed up, uh, Tobier, he's a two-time World Bronze medalist and a uh, really strong, really good opponent. beat Zane in the first round last year, so that would be a good test for yeah. me. Where I sit, you know, with some of those really high-level guys. And biggest thing is I, it's a good test for me, you know. I haven't competed since the Open, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I needed to get one more in.
0: Awesome. So, I'm excited to see you compete. Do you know, um, what are the dates on that again?
1: Uh, I wrestle the 9th. I think it's the
0: The 9th. Okay. Um, Is it just going to be wrestling or a lot of sports there?
1: So, once every four years on the pre-Olympic year, they have the Pan American Games, which is everything. The championship is usually just a wrestling event. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that
0: this one will be just wrestling. Okay. So um like you said you've you've competed in one event this year uh senior nationals what was the the transition cuz last year you went from college season brutal all year long com- com- competing every week uh to the NCAA tournament and everything and then you bounced right back US Open and you had a crazy summer just always competing what was that transition like did you take a bunch of time off from training or what, were you just back to the grind after um, um off with Zane
1: Yeah, I mean, I did some things to get taken care of. You know, I I had some injuries and, you know, you got to give your body time to heal. But,
0: you know, once I was
1: feeling good, got back to it. And uh, I think a big point of emphasis this year is kind of training, training like a senior level guy, you know, taking taking my training into my hands, you know, starting to take more accountability for what I'm doing and, you know, being more involved in my training process. You know, obviously my coaches are always going to be there, but kind of, you know, being reflective, you know, should I be doing this? with my training? What should I be doing? You know, what do I think today should look like? And I think that it's important because, you know, they're not going to hold your hand forever. And, uh, you know, moving forward, I need to be responsible for myself. And I think that this year was really beneficial for that for me, where, you know, I sat back and really thought about, you know, what I want to do and what I want to look like and what I want my training to look like when I'm, you know, when I'm serious. So, um, right.
0: Yeah. So you've got like, this Olympic redshirt year that you've had is kind of like exactly what you will be doing when you're a senior level athlete after you graduate. Um, so how much of it are you going to keep when you go back to competing for Cornell of that, that same training cycle where everything's in your hands and how much of it will you give up back to like the normal college season?
1: I mean, obviously you got to change a little bit because you're wrestling lot more in the season, but right. You know, I think doing now is good for me. You know, it's just, um, you know, m- longer spurts of really high intensity training, you peak for an event and go back to it, and I think that's that's what, how I respond to best, and you know, obviously, you know, keep myself injury-free is always really important, but mm-hmm. I think keeping, you know, good training for me is important, and, uh, you know, it's going to change a little bit just because college season, you got a lot more events, a lot more weigh-ins, so. Yeah. But I think it's big. I think what I'm training, right the way I'm doing it right now is good, and there's parts that are good and parts that I still need to fix. And I think as time goes by, I'll smooth it out. And mm-hmm. know exactly how I want it to be.
0: And then when, when you graduate from Cornell, you're going to continue to go back to this the less competing kind of than the college season, that that kind of training, uh, uh, longer longer periods of higher level training is kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, just because in college it's hard to get good spurts of training like that because you've got to wrestle every weekend. And right. if you're cutting weight, it's hard to train through stuff because you got to right. make weight. And, um, you know, sometimes that can be detrimental to your development. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This year, you know, there's a few less weigh-ins, a few less competitions. You can really just focus on the small details and focus on what you need to do, Mm -hmm. you know, to get better as a wrestler and to improve. And I think that that is really valuable. And I think that's why you see a lot of guys make a jump when they hit the senior level.
0: Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you come back after your Olympic red shirt, um, You've wrestled one forty one your first your first two years in college. Your freestyle scene is at sixty five kilograms, which is at one forty three. Yep. Um. Okay. So it's it's pretty close. You get an extra two pounds. Um. Would you consider going up to one forty nine when you when you return, or do you like having that a little bit lower than your than your uh, Olympic competition?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it obviously depends on what's best for the team, and you know, I right. think it's best for me. So. You know, it's still going to be up in there. To be honest, it probably won't really be officially decided, announced to everybody until you yeah. in college. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not, you know, strong on it. It's just kind of whatever's going to be best for our team. You know, we're going to have a really good team this coming year, and I just want to make sure, you know, obviously I need to take care of myself, but also I need to do what's best for the team to, you know, get a team title.
0: Right. And and Cornell's really in the hunt for that. When, when you come back next year, like, the guys that are returning from Olympic red shirts and the recruits you're bringing in, um, Cornell's, Cornell's looking really, really good. What, what does that mean to you? Cause Cornell hasn't been one of the top level competitors. Uh, I mean, they were a little bit in 2015. They definitely competed for it in 2015, but, but since then Cornell hasn't really, hasn't really been a top, a top dog. So what's that, what's that going to be like for the, for you this year?
1: You know, I just think that uh, you know our coach has been doing a good job, you know, on the recruiting side, bringing in really great wrestlers, great people. And then I think, you know, on the flip side, developing guys. I feel like guys like Max Dean, like Max Dean, was not a blue chip recruit out of high right. school. But, right. You knew, you knew if you watched him one day in the room, if you watched one workout from him, you knew he was going to be good. And um, you know, I think our coaches do a really good job of seeing that in kids and bringing those kind of guys in, as well as you know, the the big the big <clears throat> five star recruits and. You know, I think it's something really special. You know, our coaches invest a lot into us. They do a lot for us and they make a lot of sacrifices, you know, so that we can succeed. And I think, you know, us bringing home a team title is obviously going to be great for us, but it's great for them too. You know, I mean, someone like Coach Cole has been in the game for 30 years and he's done a lot for the program. He's built it up from, you know, pretty much nothing. So I think a team title for him would mean a lot. It would kind of be, you know, him finally reaching the top after so many years of building, 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 building. Yeah. And I, we have the guys to do it. We have a really good team. We have a lot of really good guys that are going to be coming back next year. So
0: definitely, we have the team to do it. Yeah, and uh, I- I'm excited to see what Cornell's going to be able to do. Because again, like they haven't been a powerhouse team, and to introduce that, I'm sure you're going to be a little bit of an underdog coming in there, just because Cornell doesn't have the the history of being the top team like a, like a team like Penn State or Iowa has had. Um, so it's going to be really cool to watch. Um, the, the season that you guys are going to have. And then I'm interested to see if, if uh, the, when the schedules come out, what, what your schedule looks like, if you're going to be uh, wrestling the, the top teams. And, and we're going to see, because you're not in the Big Ten, you're in the EIWA. So I, I'm interested to see if, if you're going to get one of those out-of-conference big duels, because that'd be really cool, like you guys did with Ohio State last year.
1: I mean, historically, Coach Cole has tried to get big name dual meets. I'm not gonna say teams, obviously, but right, you know, they, right. they don't. I think, you know, wrestling an Ivy League team that's really good like we have been and we will be is a trap match for them because, you know, you're not supposed to lose to an Ivy League team. If you're mm-hmm. if you're Iowa, Oklahoma State, Penn State, you're a big ten, mm-hmm. big twelve program, you're not supposed to lose to an Ivy League team. And right. you know, we are, we're a really good team and, you know, coming back we're gonna be an we're gonna be an even better team. And I think that, you know, it's what well, we know we're going to be tough for guys because we're going to have a lot of young guys, a lot of young freshmen. You know, coming into the year, we're not be ranked super high because we're going to have a lot mm-hmm. of guys who are might be new to the lineup. And I think as the year goes on, you're going to see us climb and climb and climb. You're going to see our freshmen continue to improve. And, you know, by the time March rolls around, we're going to be in the mix. You know, I I believe in our guys. I believe oh, yeah. Yeah, coaches are going to do the right thing. So, you know, no promises what our schedule is going to look like, but I know, you know, Coach Cole is always – Looking forward to getting teams on the on the schedule. You know, looking to get big matches. Looking to create exciting dual meets. I know he's a really big fan of you know big dual meets. So we're always going to be willing to accept whoever is ready to go.
0: No doubt. And uh, I mean, that mentality of you know you're not supposed to lose to the Ivy League team has got to be change and coming up here cuz you guys Cornell's starting to get in the hunt. Princeton has gotten really really good recently and Lehigh looking really really good. Um they've been a pretty solid team throughout history but um the Ivy League is getting stronger so I'm sure that's that's going to change a little bit in the coming years and, and Stanford too. Um obviously th- they've been really good so yeah. Um that men- that mentality's sh- surely going to change soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, um, you know, the coach has been doing a great job, you know, not even just Cornell, but across the board, you know, you're starting to see programs that might have been known as smaller programs start to build, and I think it's a reflection of, you know, the quality of coaching, but I think also the quality of kids coming in, you know, there's more good kids out of high school talking about specialization at a young age. right? Kids are more savvy out of high school, so, you know, a kid who might have, you know, in the past been a really good kid, you know, might be kind of flying under the radar because the quality has gone so high that you know, really good kids might not be recognized the same way as they used to have been. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think there's just more good high school wrestlers coming out, and then you know, there's always great college coaches no matter where you go. And I think the coaches now that they have that, you know, they have a good, they have good kids coming in, they have motivated kids. It's helping them build the room and build the team, and you start to see programs that maybe weren't big names. They develop guys, and they build guys, and that's how, I think, you know, you build a program is you start building guys up, building the team that way.
0: Right, and and I agree. I think that's what um, wrestling has been doing. It's really cool to see just the growth across the country that, that we've had. Like, it used to be Iowa and Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Like, that's all it's down to every year is winning nationals, and so um, – when you can have teams like Cornell in the mix and then Wisconsin is, is coming up there, just all the teams that um, that are growing their programs is, is really good for the sport, in my opinion. That's great. All right, so uh, moving forward a little bit more in your career, you got, you got the Olympic year coming up. Um, one thing that, that I want to ask is um, just do you value the, the Olympic year and the Olympic tournament more than you might value – a non-Olympic, just world championship year?
1: So this is one of those things that gets talked about a lot, and personally, I do. I think think it's a combination of, you know, the Olympics is something that everybody knows. Like, you can tell someone you're a world champ, and they might not understand it, but if you tell someone you're an Olympian, just an Olympian, you didn't even medal, you didn't even win a match, it's mind-blowing to them. And, you know, talking about intrinsically, for me, you know, obviously, whatever, people want to recognize you for whatever, if you look at I I believe that um, to the Europeans, the Asians, to the foreigners in general,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they do the Olympic year a lot. So if you win, call it a world championship, you know, if you win the Olympic Games, even though it might be the same guys, that's the best version of them. Right. If you beat someone the Olympic year, that's their best version. If you beat a Russian at the Olympic Games, you know, you got the best version of that Russian possible. You know, for, and that's for any country. It's for. Japan, Cuba, you know, Azerbaijan, Georgia, Iran, any of those countries. If you beat those guys in the Olympic year, I think that that's the most polished and most, you know, driven and most intense version of them that you can get. So I think that winning a world title in the Olympic year, even though it's the same field, the quality of competition might be a little greater. And maybe I'm wrong, but I know from the handful of, you know, foreign wrestlers I've spoken to that they value the Olympics a ton. If you talk to Russians, they would rather have one Olympic gold medal than three world titles. You know, it's it's something that they value a ton. And I think that because of that, you know, I think growing up I valued the Olympics a lot. And also, you know, it's just you beat the best guys on their best day. And I think that that's something that's really a big deal. Not saying that, you know, it's not as good to win the world championships. If you're a world champ, world champ's a world champ. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, obviously they're ready to go at the world championships. I just think come the Olympics – they kick it up one more step. So, you know, I think that's kind of where I sit with that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And and I can, I really ag- agree to that extent. Like um, sometimes I don't get like, maybe I don't get why the Russians put more value on it. Maybe it, it has to do with the, the money or something like that. Um, but I get, I understand like wanting to beat the best version of everybody. Um so, talking about your last competition you wrestled in was senior nationals. Uh, since then, you haven't competed. What are some changes you're going to have to make coming up here for the Pan Ams and then Olympic team trials, Olympic 3rd, or April 3rd? Um, what what are you looking to change?
1: I mean, you know, obviously, there's always technical things to fix. You know, I I, uh, I honestly am not really happy with how I wrestled the nationals in Texas. So, a lot of things to work on building off of that, and... um you know, I have to beat some really good guys at the Pan Am. There's going to be some great, you know, great Cubans, some other great guys from Central and South America and Canada, you know, that, you know are going to sneak up and be dangerous. And then looking to the Olympic trials, you know, you got guys like Nick Lee, Joey McKenna, you know, Jordan and Zane Rutherford, obviously, and Jordan Oliver, you know, and those guys are all, you know, they're really good. You know, Frank Molina is another one, a handful of other guys that are going to qualify. But, you know, Zane and Jordan, you know, they've kind of set themselves up to be, you know, the guys to beat for me. And, um, you know, they're both really good. They're very different in the way they wrestle. And I think a big thing for me is going to you know, be able to be adaptable. So you're ready to wrestle a guy who's just chippy and, you know, doesn't do a lot, holds position, wrestles tight, you know, kind of guy like Zane. And, you know, a more dynamic, more athletic, wide open, powerful version of a guy like Jordan. And, you know, just kind of being able to wrestle both those styles and compete the way I want to and make sure everything's perfect, no mistakes. You know, training the right way, living the right way, eating the right way. And I think that, you know, if I do everything I can and, you know, live the right way and put as much into it as I can and honestly give my most effort, you know, make the team, make the team. If you don't, you know, you don't have any regrets. You just got to lay it out there and, you know, see how far you can get.
0: Right. Yeah. So I listened to an interview with Doug Schwab the other day. And he was talking about um, the mentality that a, a lot of the Americans have developed and a lot of wrestlers have developed. It's like the um, sulking after a loss for a long time is is tough and shows how much you care about winning and losing and stuff like that. And he talked about how that, that really doesn't help your performance at all. What you have to do is just get right back to training and have a good attitude about losing. Um, after Obviously, the senior nationals was not, was not the performance you wanted to have. What's the mentality that you take after a performance like that? Because obviously you don't have too many of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to look at it both ways. So on one hand, you're obviously you're disappointed in yourself and, you know, just don't put it out there. You're just, you know, you're not happy. It hurts. And if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't sting. You just don't care that much, I don't think. I think it should hurt because it's part of it's part of who you are. It's part of what you do. It's part of it's part of your life. You know, I mean, talking about. You've been doing this since you were six. This is what you know. Right. But on the flip side, if your goal is to continue to get better and your goal is to reach these really high standards, really high levels of wrestling, sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself does nothing for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one thing about what you said about Coach Schwab that I think is really important is what he said about getting right back to it. And I think that, you know, it's a maturity thing. I think sometimes, you know, people lose matches and they want to sit and feel bad for themselves and they want to, you know, say, what was me? And, you know, I'm not saying I've never done that. You know, everyone everyone's been there. But I think what's important is that when you do lose, talking about how I wrestled in Texas, you're back in the room right away. Like for me, I was back in the room as soon as I could. And you know, I think it's important to focus on what you did poorly and change that immediately because the sooner you address a problem, the smaller it is. The more time you give a problem to build and develop, you know, the greater a problem it can become. So whether it's wrestling, your conditioning, your strength, whatever it is. You know, the sooner you address that and the sooner you start to fix your problem and, you know, eliminate that, I think the more benefit you'll get from it because, you know, you're having less time to make up. So obviously I had things I need to fix, you know, with my wrestling, my strength, my conditioning, everything. So, you know, you get right back to that, even if it's not just in the wrestling room, you know, getting in the weight room, doing running, doing cardio, getting conditioning in, you know, sleeping, eating, whatever it is you need to do, I think getting to that and addressing things right away is the best way to respond to a loss. And just because you don't show that things hurt, it doesn't mean you don't care. It just means right. that you're not showing it. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. something people not always understand. You know what I mean? Just because you're not showing it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. doesn't mean you don't care. It just means you're moving on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just, I mean, listening to Doug Schwab talk about that, was just interesting to hear like the switch in the, mentality that the the Americans have had and and as the sport of wrestling has had just we've been able to grow from a little bit more um gritty and less vulnerable culture um to more vulnerable and kind of show our mistakes but also understand that that you have to get better from them and stuff like that um so it is interesting to watch the sport of wrestling grow like that um but talking about the Olympics um making the team will obviously be um a really really hard thing to do and it's a thing like you've beaten zane before you've beaten jordan before um but it's also happened the other way around like jordan has shown up at senior nationals and zane has beaten you and it's just there are so many different ways the the bracket could go but um if you if you are able to get out on top of that uh, podium in april um are the olympics in there in july is that correct
1: Yeah, so the wrestling is August 2nd, 8th. It's the very end of the games.
0: Okay, August, gotcha. Um, So wrestling, how much of of the team USA, because obviously your process with Zane got drawn out quite a while last year, and it was a lot different from the other guys who made the team. Like they could actually do the camps and stuff like that um, the way it was planned to be. So how much did you train with Team USA and Coach Zadik and all that last year?
1: I mean, I was out there as much as, my, as, much as I could, you know, talk to, talking to Bill, Coach Zadik, about it. You know, pretty much his approach was he was going to treat me and Zane like we were on the team, prepare us both as if we were going to the World Championships, and, you know, he did a really good job. You know, he didn't show any favoritism. He didn't, you know, make—he didn't favor one guy over another if you came to camp. You know, he worked with you. If you didn't come, he didn't work with you, and, you know, I think he did a really good job of, you know, just being there for us. You know, if either guy came to him, he gave an answer. He didn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't favor a guy. He didn't not help one guy as much. And you know, on top of that, he, he gives really great feedback, great help, and you know, he's got a great variety of technique, great understanding of the sport. So I try to get out there as much as I can, and you know, be as involved with that process as possible.
0: Do you know how much um, it is the same in the Olympic year? It does much change
1: to be honest, I don't really know. The only, um, knowledge I have of any training on the Olympic year was when I was a cadet, you know, we went to the Olympic camp right before they left for the games to help us get ready. But I mean, I don't know, you know, I, our coaches, they know what's best. And I think, you know, they change year by year, you know, they're, they're very critical of their own system. So I think that, you know, even if it was one way last year or last Olympic year, it'll probably be different this year. And That's one thing I think Coach Zadek does a good job of is he's constantly looking to improve his process. So, you know, I'm not sure what's going to go into it. You know, I trust that they're doing what's best for us, and, you know, I I believe in their system.
0: Yep. Um, All right, so after the – the Olympic trials are in April, the beginning of April. So you've got a couple months – I mean, a, a good long time to prepare for the Olympics after making the team, which will be a little bit different from last year. Um, not only was, was Final X a little close to the World Championship, but that process got drawn out. So that's going to be nice for sure for you to just be able to take the time and, and prepare for, for the Olympic Games. Um, what, what's, what's it going to take for you to be able to be on top of the podium in April and then again in August?
1: You know, I think it's just – I think the way I wrestle, you know, it's difficult for guys. It's different. It's uh, unique, but I think I – do a good job with, you know, the basics and I introduce some um, creativity to it also. And I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, staying on my offense, staying attacking guys and looking towards, you know, those bigger matches with Zane and Jordan and then at the Olympics is um not making mistakes. If you look at the best guys, you look at the guys who win, you know, Americans or foreigners, they don't get scored on a lot. They don't give up positions ever. They're really hard to wrestle. And that's something I've been working on, you know, is being hard to wrestle, being hard to take positions on, being hard to, you know, take advantage of. Because I think that historically, if you look at my wrestling, I leave myself open at times for attacks, even though, you know, I might come out of it more than I don't. It's not a good game to play. So I think, you know, between from now to the end of the Olympic Games, a big thing for me is going to be getting my offense, attacking guys, using that creativity and that variety of offense while, keeping myself in control and <clears> mistakes. And I think that that's something that's really important for me moving forward.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, um, I mean, when you look at your wrestling, like it's been something kind of confusing to me, looking at our process, um, trying to compare like our process to make the world team or Olympic team to, to another country's like Russia or something. Um, because when you wrestled at the Dogu, Um, you had better success than Zane against the international competition, that's normally how it's been. And then, different like Brent Metcalf was a guy who would do really well domestically and then not quite as well as the other guys internationally. And it's something that Russia, in their process, they pick the guy that does the best um, overseas internationally, um, which I don't think is a big deal because all the guys in Russia wrestle pretty similarly. Um but I think it is something to look at. I mean, we haven't seen Jordan wrestle much overseas. Um he hasn't made a world team, so looking looking to see how he competes overseas is hard to see. Um and but it is interesting to like look at how guys compete um against foreign guys and you've been able to do really well. What do you, what do you, what do you credit that to? To me it looks like like when you grew up, you wrestled a lot of the international, Eastern European style. Um, yeah, what do, what do you credit that to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, a big thing was, you know, I was very fascinated in that growing up. My dad was my coach. We, you know, we, that was just what we did. We watched Russians wrestle. We watched the World Championships every year. That was kind of how we based my style off of was foreign wrestlers. And, um, you know, I think kind of just my approach to the sport, you know, I think a lot of people kind of think make, think about, you know, it's a toughness contest. It's a strength contest. And obviously, you know, the guys you mentioned, Metcalf, Zane, Jordan, they're very skilled. I just think that, you know, maybe I I look at foreign wrestling as, you know, it's kind of it's similar to how I am. I think, you know, I I think they're good athletes and I think that they're they're also creative. They also mm-hmm. have a variety. They're also, you know, savvy in the sense that they pick up exposures and I think that, you know, from a very young age. I understood that the way I was going to wrestle was not very traditional and it's not a bad thing or a good thing, but it's just, I think it prepares me well for foreign, for overseas international competition specifically because, you know, things that might, you know, be uncommon for American opponents to look at, you know, you don't see a lot of Americans stepping into overhooks or hitting limp over the top and, you know, that kind of stuff or looking for exposures, terre in general, you know, that kind of. That kind of wrestling, I think, is something that I was exposed to at a young age, and I worked on it at a young age, so I think that really helps me when I'm competing with foreigners and I think it gives me a little bit of a head start relative to people who maybe are new to that kind of wrestling
0: yeah, and that that makes sense, um especially like when you look at it, your dad kind of ran not only your wrestling but kind of the kids that you were that you trained with and stuff like that. He kind of ran a club yeah. So if you were training with those guys, they had a pretty similar style to you, I would assume. Um, so not only did you grow up wrestling that way, but you also trained with guys that wrestled that way. So you're you're really used to wrestle that kind of that kind of style, right? So
1: yeah, I mean, my dad was really big on you know variety. So some guys were had a greater variety of offense than others, but in general, everyone who I wrestled with was exposed to everything. Mm-hmm. They might not be able. but they understood it you know i mean so maybe if you look at guys that my dad has coached you know they might not strike you as that kind of guy who's you know very creative very dynamic but right stand it so for me you know developing that style i was constantly competing with guys who were familiar with all this stuff they were familiar with overhooks and you know freestyle exposures and crotch lift crackdown you know step over limp arm stuff and because of that, you know, I, I got better at it and you know, I was constantly challenged in the room, challenged to learn new things, to, you know, widen the gap between me and guys who I was beating, you know, close in on guys who were beating me, and I think because of mm-hmm. that, you know, my my creativity grew and my ability to wrestle with that kind of foreign field developed greater.
0: Is that something if if you could do it over again, if you had If you were trying to grow a kid from the beginning of wrestling, would you do it the same way? Would you try to grow him in that kind of style?
1: Yeah, because you know fundamentals are they're they're amazing. They're what win matches.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I think that you can only get so far if you don't have a decent amount of variety, or if you're not able to evolve. You look Mm -hmm. like the guy, Jordan Burroughs, like he's trademark double leg guy. But if you look at his wrestling over the years, it's changed so much. And you know, I'm not saying he wrestles like a, like a foreign wrestler. He doesn't at all. But he's adaptable, and I think that right. is important. And I think that's you know why he's had continued success. And you look guys like Kyle Day and Taylor, David Taylor and Kyle Snyder. They're they're adaptable. They change, and that's why they do so well. And I think for me. You know, being exposed to so many different things, so many different styles of wrestling at a young age, it helps you adapt faster. So, if I were to train a kid, even if I didn't think they could do all these moves and they could execute them the right way, mm-hmm. I would expose them to it because it helps you learn when you're older. It helps you retain information and it helps right. develop your aptitude for learning the sport. So, I think it's, I think the way that I learned how to wrestle is. I'm not going to say the right way, but I think it's a good way.
0: And undoubtedly, it makes it a lot more fun when you have the variety to, to play around with these different positions and different moves rather than, all right, you're going to hit this high crotch every single time, and this is what you're limited to is the fundamentals. It makes it a lot more fun to, to just be able to be creative in your wrestling and innovative and and just have fun with it, um, in, in my mind at least. Um that That's
1: how I feel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's good for kids. It's exciting to learn new things. And I think inherently kids want to learn. You know, I think they want mm-hmm. to. They're, they're curious about, you know, what's going on around them. And, you know, I'm a good example of that. My dad just kept throwing stuff at me, throwing stuff at me, throwing stuff at me. Took it in, took it in, took it in. Asked for more, took it in, asked for more, took it in. And, you know, I, I, uh, it is fun. And, the fundamentals are important. I'm not going to say that getting repetitions isn't important. I've probably drilled 500,000 single legs in my life, but I think it's important to develop, you know, just a knowledge of the sport, a full knowledge of the sport, all positions. Even if you're not going, even if you're never going to wrestle there, even if you know you're bad there, then you know, you know where you're good, you know where you're not good, you know right. how to stay out of those positions. And I think that being familiar everywhere is a very valuable skill to have.
0: Definitely. Um, so all this knowledge that you have, like, of all the positions, is that something looking forward that you want to specialize in as coaching? Um, like, you want to have a similar style to what your dad had when, when you were younger. You want to mold a style from Coach Cole, Coach Gray, Coach Dean and Dake, all those guys that are that are coaching you, so that when you have your style as a coach – it's going to be specific to you. Is that is that style going to be adapted to, to how you're going to coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not that understanding of the sport. You have kids. I don't believe in being a cookie-cutter kind of guy where, you know, everyone's going to do this. Everyone's going to do this. I think that there's certain things that everyone should be able to do, 100%. Right. But I want, I think one thing that's advantageous about being familiar with all these different positions is that, no matter what kind of kid you get, no matter what position it is,
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: help develop it. If right. a kid comes and says, hey, coach, like, you know, he's, a, he's a great upper body guy. Hey, I'm working on you know, my inside leg trip, and you know the guy's stepping out of it, where do I go? I can help him, and I can help him you know, not only from a knowledge perspective but from an experience perspective because I've wrestled in that position. I, I know what that feels like. And at the same time, I can take a kid who – has a ton of variety and a ton of, you know, wide open types of moves, really wide open style. And I can be like, Hey, we need to build your fundamentals. We need to build your positioning, your head up back, straight hips in, your, you know, elbows in, you know, develop fundamentals. And I think that kind of my style, and I think this is the way it should be for everybody is that, you know, it's based on the kid. It's, you got to know your audience. You got to know who you're working with and what they need, what you can do to make them successful. Not as much, you know, how much of you you can put into them, but how much you can build what they are.
0: Yeah, and I'm. Ex- how how much are you looking forward to to that, and how much are you still thinking, like, I got a career in front of me, and I got to focus on that?
1: To be honest, I think that's one of those things that's on the back burner for me, you know. It's, it's kind of like I understand that's where I'll be at some point in my life in the future, but for now I need to, you know, invest everything into my wrestling and stay 100% locked in on that because... That's what I'm doing right now, and that's what I will be doing in the future. You know, my wrestling career, yeah. hopefully, is not coming to an end anytime soon, so I'm very much locked in on that. And the coaching, you know, that's kind of the fun that comes after. You kind of let that come when it's time.
0: So looking forward to after this Olympic year, obviously we talked a little bit about your NCAA years coming up for, for Cornell and stuff like that. Um, How long, how long do you want to see yourself um, compete in – uh, senior level? Um, I mean, do you want to go as far as you can? Um, a little bit like Jordan Burroughs, keep it going, or do you have do you have any plan looking there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully you can make it through at least two or three Olympic years, maybe more, maybe less, hopefully not. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just kind of you're in the game for as long as you're good and as long as you're able. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guys who are around the longest are the guys who are succeeding, so – for me, I'd like to think I'll be competing for as long as, you know, I'm at a high level. And, you know, when my body starts to fail me or when, you know, maybe I lose my competitive spirit, I can step away. But definitely plan on staying in, in competition for a while. You know, I'm still, still young. I'm still motivated. I'm still very much, you know, understanding I have a long career ahead of me and I want right. to have a long career right. ahead of me. And I want to be wrestled for a while. I'm nowhere near, you know, my best version of myself. So I think that, I'll be competing for a while, hopefully.
0: All right. Well, that sounds good. Thanks so much for taking the time for this interview, Yanni. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. You're doing a great thing.
0: Thank you. No problem.